Good afternoon and welcome to the Emerging Tech series of the Leadership and Insurance Podcast. I'm your host, Gavin Savage. This is the podcast where we speak with technology executives, founders and leaders from the world of insurance and insure tech. I'm very lucky to be joined today by Al Robertson, CTO of ACE InsureTech. Al, how are you doing? I'm very good, thanks, Gavin. Yeah, pleased to be here and looking forward to it. Yes, thank you. It's uh, it's great to have you on. And um, as we always do at the start of these podcasts, I think it's just you know great for you to probably give us a little bit of a, a background. You know, you personally kind of pivoted from working in an insurance-based company to a product tech company to then founder, which I think is just super valuable for our listeners. You know, would you mind giving us a, a brief introduction to your career in, in tech and insurance, please? Yeah, sure. Okay. So I started off um, having been a computer science grad from Bristol. Um, I, I uh, was lucky enough to um, work for John Lewis on, and join their graduate program, which was a really interesting um, three years in mainframe development. And then, and then I got my first insurance job uh, working for Royal & Sun Alliance. Um, was there for four years, again, in the mainframe world. Um, uh, but again, picked up a load of valuable stuff, and that's been the uh, it's been insurance ever since. Um, I did uh, a few years at a company called the Innovation Group, which is moving, like you said, from uh, an insurance company and a, and a huge insurance company like RSA to a to a product company. But then the thing that uh, is re is really interesting, I guess, is when I went to um, ICE, which was back in two thousand and four. So. Um, uh, I, I met um, actually our CEO Andrew um, at the Innovation Group, and um, he invited me to come and join um, ICE or IT Freedom as it was back then, and build a claims platform. So um, it was a real startup mentality, um, product company, uh, and um, yeah, just really exciting times. There were two of us at the beginning. I was the founding architect. Um, uh, two of us developers, I should say, and um, and, and people um, on the team, and we had sort of a nine-month period, exciting times to deliver our first release for the client, um, and I really worked on that for ten years, um, uh, building up the claims platform, getting more clients, um, and then we were asked by one of them to build a policy admin platform. So it's probably about uh, ten years ago now. And that has taken up my focus um, sort of uh, ever since re really working on the policy admin platform. Um, I think the one notable event um, is we got acquired about six years ago, the end of 2017 by Actress, which um, probably a lot of the listeners will know is a, um, a big uh, London-based broker software house um and um yeah we got acquired by them six years ago and since then we've just been uh, going through a massive period of growth i think and an acceleration going from 40 people to 120 people um and and that's been really the interesting the most interesting part of the journey so far i think nice amazing thank you lots to unpack we'll we'll definitely do that over the the course of the this kind of episode but I think probably makes sense um after that to I guess do a brief introduction on who are ICE and SureTech you know and what the mission has been since founding the company or you know co-founding the the company from the, the very beginning and how it's evolved. 
Yeah, so so ICE InsureTech. Um, so we're we're obviously a, a software provider for the insurance industry. Um, three main products of policy admin, claims, and analytics, uh, and we're predominantly serving the MGA insurer space and third-party administrators in the claim space as well. Um, and yeah, we have highly configurable, low-code, no-code products. Um, I think we're most famous for, for being in the space of um, your high-volume um, uh, motor, home, um, price comparison website, um, type products. Uh, that, that's um, uh, yeah. I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about a bit more on the tech side of it, but yeah, that's mm. that's ice uh, in a minute. I would say. <laughs> nice, good elevator pitch. Um, and how? Kind of going back to your introduction about the the journey that you personally have been on, that transition from coming from the traditional side of insurance into founding a tech company and insurance. You know what? What's been the main takeaways and the main differences, lessons that, that you would say you've learned over the last, well, I was going to say five years, but probably longer. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean de definitely um, longer. And, uh, yeah, it's been a long time since I was at RSA. Um, uh, but, and, and I was a lot more junior then. Um, yeah. The key things I've learned, you know, because we're a tech company and we're servicing the insurance industry, we need a really good mix of highly skilled tech um, uh, people and uh, a lot of insurance domain knowledge. Um, and so, you know, one of my key jobs is to surround myself with um, uh, excellent technical resources and, and those people, um, all of the senior people, generally have got a background in insurance and tech as well. So um, I think that's something that's um, that's that's been key to our success. Um, we need to be able to um, deliver good technical solutions and we need to be able to, to um, understand the business well and understand how businesses can vary sort of significantly um, and be able to deliver a product that be, can, can be configured to, to um, handle all those variances, um, which, is, which is key. Um, mm -hmm. Part of, part of uh, the last five years, I think a key thing for us, as I've already mentioned, is growth. Um, yeah. And being able to scale has is, is been a big part of my focus. Um, moving from maybe a more class, classic project based focus to a to a, a real product company where we are having five six seven clients taking a release every every three or four months um rather than maybe working on a project for six months and and that was it and that's just the nature of going from you know four or five clients to 20 25 clients um uh, you're going mm -hmm. to you're going to need to really focus on on being product centric um Another thing is in that big takeaway I've learned is don't boil the ocean. Everyone says it, but a key thing is to try and um, uh, understand your where you want to get to and map a road, map out where you can make incremental changes that actually deliver some benefit 
and move you on in you know in the direction that you want to go because trying to take two years out um to uh to get to where you want to get to uh is just too painful doesn't doesn't um doesn't work at all so um yeah that's been that's been massive and and the other thing me personally in, in the last five years um we've had we get great support from our parent company obviously have a, a regular um a meeting with uh, the two founders of, of Actress, and they provide um uh significant insight into the commercial operation so um for me being in the senior leadership team as well it's it's it is i am like obviously focus on the tech and the product but have to keep a, a good eye on the on the commercial running of the company um and um yeah i've sort of uh, enjoyed uh, that extra part of the of the job as well yeah and it, it never you never hand over the reins fully technically as a as a cto as, as you say you've got to have your your foot in both camps but um, as you say yeah. very much enjoyed that new part and i can again focusing on the journey started as founding architects with almost from my understanding from recent conversations almost zero funding in the beginning going yeah. through the motions from a startup to scale up to being acquired as you touched on going from 40 to 120 you know and um i wanted to kind of I, I know the listeners just love hearing about the course the highs the successes but i wanted you to kind of give us a maybe the highlight reel uh you know going from as you say very project-based through to uh from project-based delivery through to product-based like what have been the highs and and the lows you know throughout that for you um the, the highs and the lows um well as you said it is interesting and i think we're we're probably unusual uh, from everything that you hear in the press um we were a privately um funded uh company at the beginning by the the founders and then eventually um some staff invested as well but we never had any external investment and therefore it was always um key to try and um, grow the the business by um, balancing the investment in the product, bringing clients on a journey with you, knowing that you're not going to be able to deliver um, uh, an all singing, all dancing product on day one, when you're funding it essentially yourself with some with some early um, sponsors. So um, yeah, maybe that goes back to the. Um, don't even try and boil boil the ocean um, aspect of it. Um, in terms of uh, yeah, highs and lows, um, you know, a, a high for us was definitely that um, that acquisition. When you look at our our um, commercial performance, we actually had some. We actually had three deals that were um, uh, lined up, but would only happen. If the acquisition went through and and from that point onwards that was a pivot for us as a company uh, because actress mm -hmm. you know last year we were turning over um uh, 120 million sterling sort of so it was a financially secure company rather than coming from a a small company with 30 40 people with a poor balance sheet and that was always a real um uh, sort of tough sell 
to get to get your bigger clients um to get through procurement we, we always used to say actually um we were uh, loved by the business, uh, uh, tolerated by IT, um, because we basically take them out of it because the business loved us, but hated by procurement. Um, and that's that was a really interesting part of being a startup, um, because trying to persuade someone that you're still going to be around in three years' time um, is that chicken and egg. It's like, well, if we sign you as a client, we've got a lot better chance of being around in three years' time. Um, uh, and, and so, you know, there was a lot of pressure on sales when when we were younger. And obviously, the product is less mature these days. Sales is a lot harder. And with our client list now, it, it definitely becomes a lot um, easier to sell and 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 less issues with procurement. You know, we don't we don't have that anymore. So. So that's um, been a big change. Um, mm. Yeah, Lowe's. Lowe's is, a, is an interesting one. It's, a, it's always like um, the interview question of uh, what's your worst, uh, <laughs> uh, what's your worst quality? Um, <laughs> it's a trick question. Lowe's. Um, yeah, I guess um, it's, it's one of the one of the things. It's not really Lowe's. One of the things that we've maybe struggled with is um, keeping some of our talent um and uh really relevant uh considering uh you know you guys are you're in recruitment um <laughs> yeah. it's 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 you know it's difficult we now have a um a policy of of hiring a lot of grads and and trying to keep those grads is really important for us we, we actually don't struggle to keep the the, the the senior team um uh that luckily touch wood um we've done very well on that front but it's a natural thing you know i did it three years um on on your first graduate position and then uh what, what else is there in the world um you know when we're not based in central london as well um and a lot of a lot of the younger people um, have, have maybe wanted to go into London and, and experience something different. So even though they're very, very valuable to us, it's hard to keep them. And then we obviously had that um, that position of sort of 18 months ago where there was hugely inflated pay for um, good <clears throat> technical people. And, and I think we we trained people well and, and we just couldn't compete in the salary front. So that's, that's been... Um, that's been a, a bit of a low over the last three or four years to to lose people, but we're in a. We're, I feel like we're in a better position now, and the market is a bit more realistic. Um, and I'm sure you can um, uh, testify to that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. Retaining talent, particularly from the the graduate side of things, is always the challenge. Bringing someone in senior where they've got accountability, a lot of ownership. It's it's easier to keep those guys motivated, but the younger generation, they're always looking as the grass greener. Um, and, and I think there's a couple of things that you touched on, which we'll, we'll definitely come back to, but is the market realistic at the moment? I don't, I don't know. I don't know that it is. I don't think we've got back to the, the realistic level just yet, but slowly, slowly but surely, I think. Yeah, I definitely and, think we're in a better place than we were. Um, than last year, yeah 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 that's what we're seeing um anyway um i'm sure you'll know you'll have far more data than we will to, uh, <laughs> yeah no the last year and the year before were certainly 
very interesting years. I mean, the probably the peak in terms of those that were looking for, for new jobs in software engineering and, and technology as a whole. But I think you're right. The, the, we're, we're slowly but surely we're, we're getting there again. Hmm. Brings me perfectly on to the next point around the tech. You know, the but now you guys are, you know, almost 20 years in existence, you know, very complex, highly configurable platform. But you're now fully cloud native. Everything's containerized, runs on Kubernetes variants, yeah. either on-prem or on cloud infrastructure. You've really evolved the products um, and the value chain. And and I, I guess I wanted you to maybe expand a bit on that, what that means particularly from, yes, a, a cloud native perspective, but also operationally for, for you and your, your clients. Yeah, that was a... That was again. Actually, it was about the same time, not not, not related, but um, to the acquisition. But it was 2017. We've been cloud natives, and that's the um, uh, the cloud native computing foundation um, uh, sort of view of cloud native. So um, that's um, containerized, um, API um, driven, microservices or sort of service orientated where possible and, and big investment in DevOps. Those are the four sort of key tenets of, um, of being cloud native. And we've been that for, for quite some time. Um, uh, and it's great to have that experience. You know, we, we run probably um, 120, 130 um, environments um and and they're all managed all apart from um sort of one client that's still on on premise and it's all um virtual machine based um uh deployments and, and installs that we do but everything else is running in in ice cloud so we've got a fully managed um number of clusters that that we uh that we have that our ops team um run it it's um as i said we, we run a Kubernetes variant, so we're running sort of OpenShift. Um, everything is containerized. You know, it's amazing standing on the shoulders of, of giants of the people who delivered this capability to the to the world to run a, a sort of a highly available operation. Huge amounts of metrics, um, you know, telemetry involved in the platform uh, because it's every, every um, environment has got sort of ten to thirty architectural components, um, containers running, um, and being able to, uh, you know, understand what's distributed tracing, what's going on between all of these components, seeing all of the data, you know, running the platform at scale, having digital platform, price comparison website, you know, million plus quotes running through each instance um, uh, for, for clients. It's um. It's been great to evolve the platform and the architecture to to have a highly available um, to operation that is um, pretty leading tech. Um, so, and again, that's something that's been been key to us, not just the the coding, but yeah. the, oper the operation um, and having you know that that DevOps mentality of having the the high skilled developers involved in the operation. Uh, not just the 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 deployment, but um, having everything audited and um, uh, uh, oh, I have to go back to that the, the highly available aspect of it, the ability to um, 
de debug easily when things go wrong. Um, just it allows us to move at, at pace that we wouldn't have been able to um, to before. So so from a tech perspective, you know, I love talking about um, those bits of it because I I'm still sort of um, like from a nerdy perspective, just just really proud of what we've done. Um, you know, mm. we're not the we're not the most massive team, and we did this when we were sort of um, you know forty to fifty people, and and we've obviously expanded it and expanded, and it's got and it's yeah. got uh, more and more complex. But um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's amazing what you can do with the the tools that are provided these days in in the sort of the cloud native communities. Mm. And then the niche area that you focus on, you know, within I'm pretty sure it's fairly niche. I know you focus on quite a wide, but it seems like quite wide but deep across that PNC line. Like how how does your technology what when you're cutting through the noise and you're explaining what how this technology can benefit, for example, uh, an incumbent within insurance that's maybe looking to modernize and digitize their infrastructure from legacy tech to the latest and greatest tech. Like how does how does the technology that you guys have built up over the years and, and integrated complement the niche areas that, that, that you guys hold in on at, at Ice InsureTech? So I, I think I think the key thing from us actually um you know we always talk about the the brand being ice but the original company was called IT Freedom um and that was um named on, on the premise of we want to empower the business. Um and so we from day one we developed um uh, no code or very low code um configuration tooling to allow um our customers to build um out their products and and most importantly it's not just about delivering it, it's about maintaining it and involving it and and supporting existing um policies clients on maybe earlier versions of product variants still while you're evolving your um our, our clients are evolving their their products and, and their business so um yeah there's a lot of complexity behind it all but we try and simplify it from a tooling perspective so the clients can see all of their different versions of their products and 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 how all of the different i guess insurance component configurations change over time um and you know there's a lot of reuse and embedded use of configuration um but it's all about trying to make our clients self-sufficient um and deliver great um experiences for for their own internal staff from the the back office um sort of user experience and most importantly these days certainly on on the policy side and and some of the claims every everyone has a digital experience and potentially a lot of distribution via price comparison websites as well. So, um, you know, have it, and and that's all driven by configuration. So, you mm. know, we're doing mobile, simple mobile phone insurance with with minor data capture through to um, all variants of motor, um, but you know, the your standard um, price comparison website. Um, you're, you're a lot of non-standard and bespoke through to small fleets and large fleets, um, plus um, home and um, commercial property and, and a large number of other things as well. And it's all driven by 
configuration. Um, yeah. it's, it's key to, to have those configuration capabilities that make sense to the business. Um, I think I think that's 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 really key. So it's it's non-technical. They're 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 doing the configuration in a in a language and format that um, with a week's training is second nature, um, and and that allows us to allows our clients to to um, yeah to deliver um, fast um, if if they need to, um, and and then to continue to evolve um, their Mm. their products and strategies over time yeah it's just as you're talking um, you, you speak to so many businesses you've partnered with so many different types of insurers that are all be have their own objectives and trying to achieve certain milestones within within their timeline like you know when i, I was listening to someone and uh, i was kind of eavesdropping a little bit but someone was talking about insurance and how they've no idea, you know, I don't want to pick up the phone to deal with insurance. I don't even know how to set something up with, with an insurance or who to go to. You know, it's still as ubiquitous as it is insurance. People are, the lack of education and knowledge and digitization for it is, there's still a huge gap. Like, do you, is there anything that you spot with them when you're speaking to your clients? Like, is there a consistent theme of what they're trying to achieve? You know, they, is it all... Do you think it always links back to the customer? Because I think my experience so far is that and I'm only five months into insurance exclusively, is it still a lot of the time feels like it's about the insurance company when, when it should be more about the customer? Like, do you have any, is there any kind of trends that you're seeing and then from what your clients want from you guys and how to improve something or, or make something faster? What's the end result typically? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting one. So I guess, um, there are aspects of product evolution that try and um, that might try and suit some customers more than others. From a from a digital perspective, a lot of actually, you know, we architected the platform so a lot of our customers could build their own digital experience um, and mm -hmm. connect through our our open business API suite, um, and so they are fully in control of the the quote find um and um the ability to fully service um policies you know going forward you know we off we offer the full life cycle so you can do midterm adjustments you yeah. can you can do your renewals and you can cancel if um if the the client wants so we offer all of that capability and our clients depending on their target products demographics uh, that they're going for all have different focuses um mm. I, I would say um an interesting client that we've had uh in the last year which was actually our, our fastest um delivery uh that we've that we've ever done actually has a really innovative um chatbot style digital experience um so uh, it's very much about asking for questions uh asking questions to the to the to the chatbot and and understanding this is what your cover is this is the change that that um that you could make and this is how much it costs do you want to do you want to go ahead and do that so it's making it really interactive which when you see it for the first time it's quite natural but when you've spent uh, as long as i have on traditional okay first thing you need to do is enter all of your risk data um and um uh, 
um, and then you get to the summary at the end and then you can make some you know enhancements to it it's 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 a it's a really interesting take on on um on a good evolution so you know we are we're definitely moving into that world where ai is is having more and more impact um in different areas of of the um journey uh you know risk analysis etc cetera, etc cetera. Hmm. interesting and i mean at the heart of your the tech as you kind of touched on it's all i mean you're way ahead of the game in terms of developing low code no code um it, low code now is the has evolved so much and particularly in the last couple of years it's, it's right up there with ai for me in terms of constant talking points you know evolution of platforms and how businesses are now setting up that for me lots claim to be low code no code but i think lots aren't um but what does it mean to you you know as a cto that's been at the forefront of building a low code platform what does it mean to you and, and where do you think the gaps are in terms of low code because for me when i speak with those that have a low code platform or clients they still need a lot of developers whereas their understanding is we got this low code configuration platform that we're still having to spend a lot of money on developers when and it feels like there's an educational piece missing there yeah so so you know i'm definitely not an expert on other people's products but i would categorize um low code no code in, into um generic low code no code tooling mm. and domain specific and we are definitely in the domain specific so all of the um capability that you can deliver through our configuration is related to um insurance um there's it's all let's semantically understood flag switches drop downs um date parameterized um, data that sort of thing that all will be understood by our or, or client configuration experts to be able to to put um uh, to be able to build their products um whereas your more generic um tooling you know you've got uh that's a that's a massive task to build in the insurance domain into that as well as uh, all of the specifics to do with um uh the products and uh, uh that's wanting to be sold so so that's a that's a, I mean, a huge undertaking to to do that um and yeah we are very much focused on all we can do is insurance and we want to do it really well <laughs> you know we want to mm. be that core transacting underwriting billing platform where clients can um decide um what extensions they want might want in their ecosystem you know we have we have startup clients and we have tier one clients and they've got different um different depths of their pockets to to um to hook into different data sources different tools there's a lot of there's a lot of um, work that's been going on in in, in short tech to do specialized um products that can be hooked into a core platform so our goal is to be that core platform and and do it well and um not try and uh spread ourselves too thinly um i guess so so yeah that that low code no code is about insurance only mm, nice 
and okay, I think kind of moving on to something that you kind of touched on at the beginning and, and I've mentioned around the, the scale of what you guys have achieved, which has been pretty incredible, you know, going from 40 to, to 120 and, and some very turbulent years, you know, the growth has not stopped and almost seems like you guys have just really pushed on over, as I say, some, some very difficult times. And one thing that kind of rung true with our previous conversations was how, yes, highly complex, highly configurable, the how multi-layered the platform is, but and how you've built this engineering function and tech function, but also scaled a, an insurance business as well at the same time. But I think it's really insightful for those that are and in, in, in that in regard at the same part of that journey, either startup or scale up, you know, how you ensure alignment between the engineering team and the insurance side of, of the business to foster that not just collaboration and, and speed of whatever it is, shipping or producing features, but also the understanding side of it. Like, what's been your what's been your secret in, in doing that and getting people up to speed? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the, the obvious secret is is the people, um, uh, and um, and and the ability to have a team where. Um, uh, yeah, we, we one thing one thing that's that's been really key for us in the expansion is we've moved from a team of maybe uh, jack of all trade, master of none, which is you know because because the domain is so huge, we now have got big enough where we can have teams focused on smaller domains, and those could be um, business domains or technical domains, and then have the people who can bring everything together. So um, we need to have people who can communicate well with our clients in their language from a from a technical architect security perspective and from a business perspective. So we've done a lot of hiring of uh, people from insurance businesses. Um, so those people understand the role that that uh, some of our clients will be do will be doing. Um, you know, it's really important. Um, you know, claims claims is such a complex area that it takes mm -hmm. a lot of time to learn it. So if you can get that knowledge um, from from people who've actually done the job and know it know it inside out, that can help with the communication with the clients, and it can help improve our own product by people who say, you know, this is this is what we need to make it better for our clients, um, and and having that that ability to translate you know business requirements into into a, a product um so mm. it's it's all it's yeah we're all going to say the same thing but it's all about the people um, yeah and and then as we said earlier the hardest thing is is uh is keeping them keeping them interested keeping them happy um and and being competitive um not not easy in 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 the world these days but we seem, so. we seem to be doing a decent enough job yeah, I was going to say, you seem to be doing okay. I mean, I think that's an interesting insight because it kind of shows you what you need to be doing in terms of hiring throughout the journey. So, you know, we talk yeah. about it a lot, you know, how you hire at, at the early stages and then how you hire at the later stages. And yeah. I think you've kind of alluded to that perfectly, you know, in the beginning, jack of all trades, master of none, people that just are missionaries, understand to a degree what you're, you're building. They're just good people. 
yeah and then later on in the journey you kind of need that domain experience you know that that understanding of insurance as things get more complex to really take it to the next level and that you know one to the ask around that when i'm when i'm asked of you know gavin do you have any software engineers or do you have this and that when we're, we're talking to a founder or a startup that I've always, I always think that the domain experience within InsureTech is so crucial, whereas in other industries that I've worked in when I've been building out tech teams, it's it's not really the case. It's more about, do you understand this tech? And, and if you understand the tech, then you'll, you'll pick the domain up super quick, but it doesn't quite seem like that in, in insurance. Yeah, I agree. So, so from our technical side, um, we are sort of famously saying um, internally and externally, that when we're we're hiring on the developer side, we we struggle to even consider getting domain experience. Um, and as I alluded to earlier, our, we've changed our focus now to be more on raw capability um, mm. and as much technical uh, exposure to, to relevant um, aspects of our platform. That, that we can get knowing that we're going to invest a lot in these people. Um, so we know that they're not going to hit the ground running on day one. And we know we're not going to put them anywhere near in front of a client um, mm. because, you know, having delivered sort of 20 years of, of um, going through all of the client sort of initial deliveries and implementations, you can't, you can't teach that to someone. Um, you, you know, you just, um, you, you need people to have seen a few years of it before, um, before we expose them. Whereas on the, that's on the technical side, on, mm -hmm. the, um, on the business analysis side and, and, Q, and QA, then domain experiences is pretty crucial um, for us. Um, we don't really want to be, or we can have a mix. We want people who are, who have strong analytical skills and strong tooling skills, but we need a mix of people who really know the domain because the domain is, is so complex and sometimes it can seem easy, but that's yeah. probably because we you haven't thought through all of the permutations, um, and the, the permutations of, of the data modeling and, and the evolution of products and the evolution of policies that can change over time and how they can work differently. It's, it's uh, complicated and it just takes a huge amount of effort to, to understand it. Um, mm. And that is actually why we've split our, our delivery teams into smaller domain areas. So you know, we, have, we have teams now focused on smaller aspects of the product because, because and know them really well. So, and actually that does allow us to get people um you know um, more productive quicker um rather than jumping around all over the place mm. having the code base is big enough you know we've got 500 source code repositories um uh, yeah, yeah that's this this huge you, you have huge amounts of you know, build and deployment capability um to do you know, 3,000 deployment plans um, that we had to, to, to build and deliver everything. You just can't expect people to understand all of these things on day one. It takes a lot of time to get there. So, um, so yeah, keep it, keep the focus small to start off with, if you can. Mm -hmm. And if you're in a startup, you don't have that luxury. 
Um, <laughs> in, in my view, you just get the best people that you can. But when you're doing the startup, I think it is key. To, you obviously need you need the domain experience. You, you need insurance, hundred percent. And then you know you go as as good as you can on the on the technical side. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. I'm conscious of our, your time here, but I think that that key part at the end will be will be just really insightful for those that are looking to build that team out within an insurance business or insure tech startup. And um, you know, thank you for uh, thank you for all your insights and takeaways, Al. It's been it's been brilliant to have you on. And um, yeah, you're welcome. It was great to talk to you. Brilliant.